Welcome back to the latest edition of the River Reports. I am your co-host, Jake Summersheim. And I'm your other co-host, Rachel Hickey. Uh, today we got a packed episode for you. Um, ISU has been Bradley all in a week span in three sports. I That's kind of awesome. I never thought that would happen, really. I say it was it was very impressive on um, all the programs fronts. Men's basketball kind of got the ball rolling, and I know uh, Coach Gillespie on Wednesday night she she had laughed and kind of thanked the men's basketball and volleyball because she didn't want to let them down and break the streak there. All pretty impressive wins over Bradley too. Mm-hmm. ISU won by almost twenty points in basketball and volleyball. They swept them. Um, women's it was what about fifteen points? Yeah, it was about. I think it was just short of 20 or so. Um, it was a very good game on that front. That was definitely the most aggressive play style I've seen out of the, our women's basketball team so far this year. Seems kind of like they're getting in their groove. Uh, they're next up. They've got a pretty decent break coming up, though. Um, they don't play until next Friday at Southern. Um <laughs> I got distracted for a second by Jason, sorry. Um, they play next Friday at Southern. What do you think that brings up for the Redbirds? Yeah, um, that was actually, actually came up in the press conference after the Bradley game, um, talking to Coach Gillespie. You know, like I said, this is definitely the most aggressive I've seen this team look and wondering how that foreshadows some of their future games. And, I mean, she was, being, she was honest. They don't have an easy game the rest of their schedule. If you look at it, they go to Southern – uh, next weekend and then they welcome Missouri State and Drake both very good teams tough teams in the valley before going to Bradley and finishing up with Loyola so it's it's a good time for the team to kind of be getting the groove getting the hang of things because they they were looking a little rough early on um, so it'll be interesting to see how they fare against those teams you know Southern is a very respectable respectable program um and then, of course, Missouri State's always a tough one. Yeah, I like to see how they um, adapt to this long break, too. I've seen, like, in men's basketball, some teams have taken the, have had these long breaks and taken them to, like, work on something. But also, mm-hmm. they've come off off this long break, and they've played terribly. So, mm-hmm. um, they've got a little over a week, about nine days or so, um, yeah. between Bradley and Southern. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see how they open back up in Southern. Um, one of the things, too, about this team that's really interesting that's definitely worth talking about is how much depth that their roster has. I know we've definitely talked about it before, but uh, one of the most, the, one of the best parts, I think, for me watching that win over Bradley was knowing that Mary Crompton only scored about six points in that game. They were on, Their defense was on her really, really hard. And other players like Juju Redmond and Terion Moore and Deanna Wilson stepped up to fill in those gaps. Yeah, they, they do have a stacked roster this year. From Juju Redmond to Mary to Terion Moore and Deanna Wilson, they're all putting up a lot of a lot of good numbers so far. Yeah, <clears throat> you it, have three players averaging over double digits. They're they're deep, so they can have like alternate scores if like you said they were all over mary that one game they can mm-hmm. have someone else just come up and uh, lead if they need to yeah and that's going to be the key for the redbirds you know like going forward especially against these tough teams like mary crompton's put a target on her back i mean she is a fantastic scorer and everyone in the conference knows that they're gonna want to defend her really really hard 
Uh, but the key for this team is those other players that are going to step up and help kind of fill in those gaps. Um, I really want to talk about more a little bit more because <laughs> that was <laughs> I did not mean to do that. Um, but that was a really impressive game, especially out of her on Wednesday. She played both ends of the court phenomenally well. She played a big role in leaving Bradley's top scorers kind of a little a little shook in that first half and not able to get some baskets. And then in the second half, she flipped the switch and she scored like 18 points, I think it was, 18 of her 20 points in the second half of that game. Yeah, she's looked good, averaging 10.3 points a se- uh, game so far um, on 433 shooting. So she's done well. Isn't she um, – a transfer, I want to say. Yeah, she. I believe she's considered a newcomer this year, and so is Deanna Wilson, and she's really kind of figuring out her role too. I know Gillespie was comment, commending her as well um, for her game on Wednesday. So it, the key for this team is going to be those two newcomers kind of stepping up and like filling in their roles. Yeah, it is. I feel like it's always um, – ISU is always reliant on – some sort of transfer, some sort of young player to come in and be like, uh, just you know, stable for him. Just someone that uh, needs to step up for him. Yeah, and that's by no means because their returners aren't any good. I mean, the, it's just such a diverse team, and they rely on both the experience and the like freshness. I think, and that's what makes the dynamic very interesting to watch. Um, Paige Saylor is another one that's just been phenomenal this season as a defender. She's had a great season on that end of the court, and I've I've seen her step up offensively too. If she can get going offensively, she's also a great scorer. Yeah, Paige Saylor always been great defensively for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, she can score, doesn't like isn't expected to, but she ha- does have those games where she just pops off and just like throws up fifteen or eighteen. Um, to lead ISU, but um, anything else about women's basketball? I think that's pretty good. It covers it pretty yeah. well. Um, ISU, <coughs> I, well, I, ISU obviously, but men's basketball opens the weekend in Drake <coughs> on Sunday. Drake is the top team in the MVC right now. They are still undefeated, one of the last undefeated teams in the country. But they are off a COVID scare. Um, they had like 20-something days off, like 24, I think it was. Wow. Or 21. They had almost three weeks off. Hopefully ISU can, you know, use the time they've had on court to find some sort of advantage over them. But I think it's going to be tough. They've proven they can, they're still good shooters. Um, they haven't really lost a step. And they're one game back. They, I'm pretty sure they won. And they're two games back, actually. They beat Missouri State 68 to 61 and then 78 to 73. So that's not like too dominant, I yeah. guess. Yeah, the games kept, were kept close. I mean, 20 days off, that's going to shake up any yeah. team for sure. Um, but, you know, them being still undefeated and the top team in the conference, as you say, that that is definitely, they're going to rely on that, I think. They're going to have to. Um, I, I, what I hope to see is just that our men's basketball team plays a very aggressive game in Drake, um, and they should. They should be kind of like, you know, riding off a little bit of that confidence from beating Bradley here. Um, that was a really good game for them, and I hope that they have some momentum from that. 
Yeah, they didn't really do much um, in the weekend series after Bradley. They got um, swept by Valpo. Um, that was Valpo's seventh straight win against ISU. They just have the Redbirds number for some reason now. Mm-hmm. I know DJ Horn, the sophomore regard for ISU, was particularly disappointed. He says it, coming into the weekend they were looking for two wins. Since his home court it was disappointing. I mean, I have to yeah. think – I said last week on the podcast when you were out that they have to be going for a sweep against Valpo, who at the time was the worst team in the Valley and now is looking okay. Yeah. Valpo on both sides, the men and the women, have kind of stepped up as a program, I've noticed. Um, Their women picked up a lot of big wins during the regular season and have fought pretty hard in the conference season, and I've seen a lot of that out of the men as well. Um, But, uh, yeah, I agree. It is definitely disappointing. Um to see that kind of loss for the men's basketball team um, against that program, but I don't, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's because they played five games in nine days, but that's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot, especially for a pretty young team. There, you get significant mm-hmm. minutes from two freshmen and a right. bunch of sophomores. Um, so, like, I could definitely see that, but they just were so flat against Valpo. Yeah. They didn't really like. Uh, just they just didn't look good on offense. Besides DJ Horn and Antonio Reeves, they played well. They put, yeah. uh, Horn finished with twenty points. Antonio finished with eighteen. Um, the game before that was even worse. They didn't really have a chance. <laughs> they they took the lead in game two, but mm. game one they were just down and they yeah. never really looked like they had a chance to really get back into it. That is a really good point you bring up, though, and, like, one of the things I think the team's been struggling with this year is the fact that there's not really a ton of experienced leadership on the team when your top players tend to be freshmen and sophomores. That definitely affects uh, the way the team plays. You know, you kind of need that upperclassman leadership to guide the the way. Yeah, Muller always says they don't know how to win yet, like saying that they're young and they haven't really, you know, had a chance to experience that yet. Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it, honestly. I mean, they're building, though. I mean, in in a year or two, they'll have those those experienced players that are young now to lead whoever they have then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think that's enough men's basketball. Mm Mm-hmm. Volleyball, they like we already mentioned, they had a good win over Bradley this weekend. But mm-hmm. today, they welcomed Cincinnati to Redbird Arena. Mm-hmm. Um, not as as difficult as number twenty Marquette, who I assume did mm-hmm. get a win over. By the way, yeah. we did not bring that up um, over the weekend. We had our last Redbird report on Friday, and then right after they started their game. They got swept in game one, and then they won by one set, three to two, in game two. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Cincinnati. I'm pretty sure they were in the tournament last year. I'm gonna fact check that. <laughs> no, I think the the Marquette game though was very telling of this program. Um, shows that they're fighters, and you know we have a lot of senior leadership on that volleyball team that's gonna really help the program going forward. And um. Like Kaylee Martin was the conference player of the week, um, or got player of the week honors. I'm pretty sure, and she did. Yes, like she's one of those senior leaders that we talk like the Fab Five. Uh, that's that's talked about on that team to kind of help lead 
And that's been really significant, I think, especially in that win over Marquette. I think those five were very key in that. And so was uh, Sarah Kushner. I did a little story on her toward the beginning of uh, this school year, and she has been an impressive player as well um, as just a sophomore. Yeah, ISU, like you mentioned, for sure going to rely on that Fab Five. Uh, Steph Jankowitz, um, Kaylee Warren, definitely missing a couple people. But they have just been – they've been good so far this year. They definitely what has led ISU to the back-to-back wins. And Cincinnati will be a tough, tough team this mm-hmm. year. Um, they did play in last year's tournament. Um as did ISU, though. And ISU is getting top 25 votes after beating Marquette and Bradley. As they should. I mean, you know, it's definitely not a fluke, in my opinion, for them to come out and beat that number 20 Marquette. Uh, that first game, I think they they, they kind of needed that first game to get beat around a little bit, kind of rejuvenate their fire. Um, and you saw that in the second game, the way that they played and the way that they fought. Um they should be receiving votes. I, I would hope to see that soon enough. This program's ranked in the top 25. Yeah, they have played uh, great so far this year besides Marquette. Like you said, I do think that was like a good little yeah. uh, slap in the behind to get them going. Because they got absolutely destroyed that game. It didn't really like look like... Mm-hmm. They were close a couple points in, like at some points in the sets, but they yeah. never really, it never really looked like they had a chance. But then they, you know, they came back one in five sets, and then they had their chance to be down on someone. And it's it's good mm-hmm. confidence booster. I hope, I hope they come in with a good headspace uh, against yeah. Cincinnati. No, I, I, you know, just kind of having a little bit of that athlete perspective. I definitely know what it feels like. You you do need to be, you know, kicked in the butt every now and then just to kind of remind you that hey like you're it's time to compete you know like last weekend we opened our season and believe me it was a shock to the system for sure Uh, (laughs) i bet it is and you kind of just need that just to remind yourself what it's like to compete after so long the last time volleyball took the court was what november 2019 november 2019 so it's been over a year like a year and a couple months (laughs) It, yeah, it is tough. I mean, but they they transitioned fine. I think they mm-hmm. they looked good against Bradley. They looked really good against Bradley. I yeah. thought. Um, I think that's all we got for volleyball. Yeah. You wanted to mention anything else or no? No, that was pretty much it. Um, well, I think that's all we have for you on the on this edition of the Red Report. Make mm-hmm. sure to follow us along on Twitter at. Uh, Vedette underscore sports. I always mess it up, so I'm trying really hard not to. <laughs> at the underscore Vedette. And then follow Rachel's Twitter at... R underscore Hickey 15. And mine is just Jake Sermersheim. Um, yeah. She Stay can hoppers. spell Sermersheim. I didn't want to spell it this time. <laughs>